This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, gentlemen, I saw wearing plus fours and a goofy outfit at Pinehurst a few years ago. Uh, one of my favorites, Jason Fitz, ESPN, Spain and Fitz. Your uh, your business card is too long. Digital host, college football guru, Raiders fan, classical violinist. Anything? Uh, did I leave anything out, Jason? Well, I mean, you you are right that I looked extraordinary in the full knickers outfit. By the way, uh, still have that. Waiting for somebody else to invite me to play golf sometime so that I like that, that you know. <laughs> just so I can wear that driving the cart around. I will get it kicked out of any country club almost immediately. Not Pinehurst. Not Pinehurst uh, yeah, at all, it. my friend. Uh, all right, so you're a college football guy. College football is so much more entertaining right now than the NFL. It's so sad. Uh, last night, I, I, people were begging me to go turn on Baylor-West Virginia, except that I don't, we're not going to talk about Baylor-West Virginia, but we will talk about the Washington football team, as I call them, the, the Commandos. Uh, taking on the Bears. Do you remember, Jason, you're not even old enough to remember when that game would have been, like, awesome, an awesome game to watch. Right now, it's it's like watching paint dry. No, I, I when I was a kid, those, like, that 85, 86 era of Chicago Bears and then the Washington football team at the time, like, they were trading off greatness, right? Like, yep. I, I, there was this moment of NFC champions and Super Bowls for both franchises, and both franchises' fan bases, like, this is a, a little-known fact for a lot of people, but I went to high school for a couple of years uh, in PG County in Maryland, right outside oh, of wow. D.C. And uh, when, I was, when I moved into that area, I'd never seen anything like it because there were uh, Washington football team flags everywhere, like, on the houses, every, you know, me, I'm a lifelong diehard Raiders fan, and I'm driving around, I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, that's the only place I ever lived where, especially at the time before this was even remotely common, they televised the first scrimmage of the year against Pittsburgh mm-hmm. every year. And it was like that Washington ruled the D.C. metro area in a way of passion through the 90s that I think we forget about sometimes. Dan Snyder shouldn't only be remembered for everything off the field. He should be remembered for the fact that when I moved to that area, there was a 20-year waiting list to get season tickets. Now you can. Now they're running billboards asking people to sign up for them. So it shows you what he's done to that franchise from a winning standpoint for the last 25 years. Jason Fitz from ESPN is joining us here. Like I went to college at the University of Maryland, and I so I grew up in the New York area. We had we were Jets season ticket holders. Heck, we were season ticket holders to the New Jersey Generals. Jason, uh, kid you not, I loved. I actually loved USL USFL football back in the day. Um, but when I went to school at Maryland, what what I couldn't believe was that every day during the week, one either one of the channels or home team sports, which was the local cable sports cable outfit back in the day, there was a Redskin dedicated show every day of the week. We were still recapping it. Like on Wednesday, we were like Redskins Rewind or a Playbook or whatever, and then we were previewing it starting on Thursday all the way through Saturday night every single day. That's what that football team means to that area, and Dan Snyder has completely ruined it, and they, there's nothing they can do about it. You, you also, Do you believe that he has dirt on owners and maybe even Roger Goodell? Probably, but then now what? Like, this, what becomes really difficult about this is if the NFL decides not to remove him this week at their owners' meeting, 
then everybody's like the natural assumption on all of our debate shows is going to be is the NFL scared of Dan Snyder's dirt? Do they not want now all of a sudden there's going to presume, be presumed guilt all the way across the board? So yeah. I think if that is the case and he has dirt, what he's really done is he's forced the NFL to do something about it right now. And, you know, I, I never think that being, I mean, I joke about this all the time, but being forced to sell your sports team for billions of dollars of profit is not exactly my idea of a harsh penalty. But I do right. think that the NFL owners at this point are going to have to look around and say, now the pressure's on. Because, you know, if, if the, I want to know every single owner that doesn't vote him out. I'd love to know why. Because that owner, we're immediately going to presume, is suddenly out there doing something they shouldn't be doing. Adam Gold in studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-843. 0013 or text Adam to 600 Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Look, I, I want to talk college football with you, but just since we started talking about this, I am blown away by this. Um, we had, I don't know, an 80-page report on, def- on deflated footballs and something as serious as workplace sexual uh, misconduct and everything that went on with the Washington organization, taking the cheerleaders and sponsors and exposing them and humiliating them, um, that we don't get a written report on that. They bury that report, which to me told told us uh, everything. They're not going to remove Dan Snyder. And they're going to – and you know what? Like, I, I'm mad, at, mad enough at Major League Baseball – and I'm okay with them wearing the the controversy over the home run record. I'm okay with that because they should wear it. I think the National Football League should wear the uh, the whole Dan Snyder mess. But if he does sell, he bought it for eight hundred million. He could sell it probably for six billion. Golly! And and by the way, to your point, I'll quickly say, uh, every time in the month of October we see players out there wearing pink for breast cancer. Ask yeah. yourself what stance the NFL has actually taken to support women when they've had the opportunity to. Because over and over again, they ask us to be fools. Like, if you don't care about it, then just tell me you don't care about it and let us all figure out how to deal with that. But don't come in on one hand and pretend that you do care like Michigan State is done with Title IX and then turn around on the other hand and be like, yeah, but we have this fancy initiative. Now, actually, yeah. speak louder than words. There's, there's no question about it. And you know what? If, if they didn't care about it, we'd still watch the league. Nobody's watching the league because they douse themselves in pink in the month of October. Jason Fitz, at Jason Fitz on Twitter, digital host, college football guru, Raiders fan. Before we get out of here, I'm going to ask you about the Raiders. Uh, We have at least – look, I don't know how interesting Penn State at Michigan is going to be. I don't know much about Oklahoma State and TCU, but I do know something about Alabama and Tennessee. I went to an Alabama-Tennessee game before Nick Saban was the head coach at Alabama. I went to a game at Neyland Stadium. They pack them in like sardines there. Um, But this game, if Bryce Young even plays and is not – if he plays, he's probably a little bit compromised. But Alabama at Tennessee, if Tennessee's offense might be good enough – to pull off a pretty shocking upset here. What do you think about this game? 
Yeah, I'm picking Tennessee, and for partially for the reason you just mentioned, but also sort of an under-talked-about stat. When I hosted College Football Live this week, we went into our production meeting, and they said, what interests you about the game? And I told our production staff, like, we're not talking about the fact that the, while the, the ball's defense has given up some big plays, they lead the SEC in quarterback pressures. And everybody looked at me shocked. Our researcher looked it up, and he said, by God, you're right. Like, <laughs> the, the balls get at the quarterback better than anybody else in the entire conference. So now you're either going to have a backup quarterback or you're going to have a banged-up Bryce Young with an AC shoulder injury that's problematic. I, I, that's enough in and of itself because the, the, the Alabama offensive line has not been good enough week after week. And, you know, on Saturdays my digital show is with A.J. McCarron. He had the exact same injury as Bryce, and he told me the minute it happened that what they did for the rest of that season is every week, Monday through Friday, he never threw a football. He only handed off the practice, couldn't lift his arm. Saturday morning, they gave him three shots in his shoulder. The first pass he threw every week was the warm-up passes that the cameras catch of quarterbacks on the sideline. That was it. He didn't even know if his arm was going to work till the game started. If it's the same for Bryce, and every indication I've had from A.J. and from Greg McElroy is that it is, if it's the same for Bryce, we don't even know how his arm is going to handle it. So, I, I think that's enough of a window for an offense that we know can score a bunch of points. I think Tennessee's going to win this football game. And then all of a sudden an Alabama team that skated a few times with some really weird-looking wins. I don't think that they can get lucky again this time. Uh, yeah, that that story uh, opens up a different conversation that we don't have time to get into because Bryce Young has an NFL future. And I look just what we have seen here. I'll just use Duke basketball as an example. Duke basketball has had plenty of situations where guys are hurt, and like Zion Williamson, they didn't let near a basketball court until he was one hundred percent because all they did was protect his pro future. Uh, I would hope that Nick Saban would do the same thing uh, there. All right, we're going to have to say goodbye here in a minute or so. Um, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So you're a Raiders fan. How are you liking the Josh McDaniels part of the tour? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, this is just a lot of people trying to learn a lot of stuff quickly. The Raiders are going to be fine, though. If you look at their okay. they have the bye week this week, they have six straight games that are very winnable. I think by the time we hit midseason, they have a real shot at still being around 500, which is crazy. They've lost four games by a combined 14 points, and the ball's been in the offense's hand in every one of those games to win it. So just like the Giants, I don't think are really necessarily a four and one team. Sorry, uh, I, I also would say that I don't think the Raiders are really a one and four team. Mediocrity in the AFC. I think the Raiders still have a shot at the playoffs, but you've got a lot of people trying to learn a lot of language with Josh McDaniels' offense. It's just it's not going as quickly as anybody wanted it to. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it is not. It, it, it's funny when they signed Devontae Adams to that. Uh, you know, they traded for Devontae Adams and sign him. Uh, although I guess they did sign him. Uh, when they did that, and everybody was calling Devontae Adams the best wide receiver in football, and I, he's certainly among them. Now, I'm not, I don't think Devontae Adams is average uh, and was elevated by Aaron Rodgers to be otherworldly. But I do think that Aaron Rodgers 
in the past has had the ability to take very good to great wide receivers and make them superhuman. Whether it was Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams, he has done that. Um, what has been the difference maybe with Adams and Derek Carr that they haven't quite gotten to that level? Carr is the opposite of Kyler Murray. Like, people question Kyler Murray's homework. Carr does too much homework. So by the time he gets to the line of scrimmage, uh, he knows where he's throwing the ball before we even get to it. The difference is that, you know, Aaron Rodgers would drop back and say, okay, I don't care if there's three guys on Devontae, I'm going to make a play. Right. Derek Carr has decided to walk up and say, okay, according to the, the analytics and the coaching, I'm supposed to put the ball over on this side because of this defense, and that means that's where I go with it. I mean, a guy like Mac Holland, who most people had never even really heard of in the NFL. coming We up have here. He's week. a Carolina guy. Yeah, I mean, like he has – he gets all the targets – why did he get all the targets? Because Card looked at the defense and was like, well, why would I throw under triple coverage if I got Mac Hollins over here one-on-one? So, like, I understand the logic of that, but that's so risk-averse that you're not letting your playmaker make plays. So, Mac Hollins having a nice little season, but the heck does that do when it comes to the playoffs? Nothing. Like, you've got to feed Devontae. I, and that's why I think Devontae's frustrated. He's just he's used to throw the ball and give me a chance. And Carr spent many years with whatever you do, make the right decision based on the defense not based on what you want to do aggressively. And I don't know that you can uncoach that in a few weeks. I'm not the only one, by the way, who thinks it's an utter joke that he was charged with misdemeanor assault, right, Devontae Adams? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, look, I, I know everybody wants to go out and get theirs. Like, but, like there's got to be an easier way to do that. I mean, you and I both stood on the sidelines enough times. You know where you're supposed to be, where you're not supposed to be. You know where security's not supposed to let you. Like, it's just, I, I don't know, it's a bit of a reach for me. <laughs> All right, final thing for Jason Fitz. Um, assuming that the top three teams in the country will be the top three teams in the country when we get through the conference championship games, uh, in whatever order you want, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Um, who's the fourth team in the playoff? I think it's Clemson, honestly. And that's a boring take. I don't trust Michigan's nope. quarterback situation at all. So I'm, I'm right. out on, on Michigan. Uh, USC is pretty good offensively, and we have no idea if their defense is really any good. And, by the way, it's still the Pac-12, so I don't know that we've seen that much. So, right. you know, I, I, I know a lot of people want to make it USC. Uh, by the end of the year, it might be USC, but also just fun fact for nobody paying attention, the Pac-12 got rid of divisions this year uh, when it comes to their championship game. So there's a real shot that we end up with USC versus UCLA for the Pac-12 championship, which is gross for that conference. They don't want that, but – I think USC's got a chance to win out, but Clemson's done everything you can ask him to do. They, I, I don't know what we're waiting for. They've gotten enough of the big wins. DJ looks better now than he did. I, I think the Wake Forest game was a little bit of an eye-opener for everybody to see that they can win a shootout. So mm -hmm. I think Clemson's done enough in a year where they're just clearly, thank God for expansion in the future because we can't even find four good teams, but let's have 12, 8, 16, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you and I are on the same page. Uh, it's good to catch up. Jason Fitz from ESPN, Spain and Fitz, classical violinist, digital host, college football guru, Raiders fan. I got, uh, I'll, I'll narrow that down the next time. Man, I always appreciate you asking me, man. I appreciate it. Stay well, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Jason Fitz from ESPN. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. 
And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. 